This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Air Bud, the only dog to make it into my heart and out in one piece in every movie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that could survive a dystopian era film for maybe like a day. Like, I don't I don't feel like we do much better than that, honestly. I've had several deep thoughts of what we could possibly do mm-hmm. to survive for a little <laughs> bit. But then I'm like, nah, that's not enough. Well, I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And today we are here to discuss what makes a good dystopian film. And personally, I love dystopian movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that you can kind of like base off of a dystopian film. But just like what I did with the action film one that we did... Um, I'm going to read basically kind of like a Google synopsis of like what they think a dystopian film is. Um, so from there, a typical dystopian film is one which is often but not always set in the future in a society where the government is either corrupt or ineffectual. Mm-hmm. The world within the film often has like a nightmare-like quality to it, and it also includes elements of contemporary society. All right, cool. That helps. That a lot? Helps. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just like a lot more just popped in because of that. Yeah, like immediately V for Vendetta popped into my head. Oh, sick. I was thinking of Clockwork Orange. Yeah, too. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, when it comes to like dystopian films, there is like a big range of it because it, you almost get like the sense of like obviously it's in the future. Like yeah. it's something that's like foreign to us, but not that far away. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too it's got like these crazy elements that you look at it and you're like, okay, I can see how life progresses that way. Yeah. But it's unfamiliar. And it almost leads you to believe that like the world is basically fucked. Yeah. That's what I really like about this genre is that Mm -hmm. it can go really two ways. You could have like a big dictatorship or like big imposing force, which Mm -hmm. is like controlling all facets of life. Or it could be that life is just kind of fucking, like, it could be, like, normal today, like, just day-to-day, but something's wrong. Yeah. And something's making the world feel broken as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like with the bigger imposing one, like we just talked about, I think of, like, 1984 and Brazil. Yeah. And then it's, like, in the more, like, things are contemporary, but something's wrong. It's, like... Soylent Green and Children of Men. Like, that's where I feel like the spectrum could go between, yeah. like, a dystopian film. So, like, I o- whenever I think, honestly, of, like, dystopian era, I always think of Children of Men. Yeah. Like, I feel like that just perfectly sums up, like, a dystopian film being that it's not that far off into the future mm-hmm. um, with the idea that nobody is able to have kids. Yeah. And you have this one woman who got pregnant... And um, just a man trying to, like, get her to a safe place where, like, she can have the baby successfully. But the really great thing about Children of Men in that sense with, like, a dystopian fact is that, like, the world itself is integral. And I think that's really important Mm -hmm. with dystopian films, which is the idea of what's happening in the world. Yeah. And, like, what's happening in the overarching sense. And in that sense, it's fucking... It's yeah, world pe- building. Yeah, like the film just, is world building. Yeah, and people just do their day to day. They're like the main character. Like he's just going to work. Like he's mm-hmm. just doing his thing. But in society, it's still like no one can have kids. So it's like you feel like the end of the world is happening. Yeah. But it also has this very normal sense to it. Yeah, I mean, there's like one sp- like particular scene where, um, 
Clyde Owen, I forgot like his name in, in the mm-hmm. film, but Clive Owen's like he his character goes to see his brother or his cousin or whatever and he goes to like this big kind of like mansion yep. that he has. And the rest of the world is fucked, but like you go beyond this gate and like there's actually a society that's okay. Yeah. And he has like these priceless artifacts and like statues. It's the statue of David. Yes. Yeah. And it's all fucked up, but it's the statue of David. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like integral too of what makes a good dystopian film is world building. Mm -hmm. Like I see from visuals behind what's going on from the characters that the world is fucked and this is why it's fucked. Yeah. And that's really good because it can be built up in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. It could be like Escape from New York where it's like a big fucking blob (laughs) of text which is like the world is shitty. Mm -hmm. New York is a prison. Things are bad. Or it can be, like, a lot more, like, subtle in its approach. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned Soiling Greed because I think it's fucking great. It's, like, the sense of overpopulation. And it's just it's... made of people. Well, yeah, but, like, <laughs> it's... Other than that scene, it's a pretty good movie up until that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's that idea where it's, like, there's overpopulation. And I think the main guy, like, he's stepping over people because they're sleeping in the hallway. And then it's like, cuts to, like, the big rich. And it's, like, the rich are well off. And it's, like, they're doing okay. And it's, like, the distribution of food. And it's like there's this really good balance between like like you get a sense of what the world is that way because mm-hmm. you're like okay well it's really fucked and it's shitty and food is becoming a problem but then there's a social elite where everything's okay and it gives you a good stand of like oh okay so this world is unbalanced and it's fucked up yeah I mean plus two like I I don't fully fully agree with it because if like you look up like dystopian films mm-hmm. it pops up um, Blade Runner. I yeah. feel like that's way more, like, full-on sci-fi. However, I do understand the idea, too, where it's, like, there are replicants. There are people that, like, are basically android copies, almost, mm-hmm. um, that just look, feel, and breathe the same as we do. Yeah. And that kind of makes for, like, a dystopian-era type mm-hmm. thing. Um, another one that, like, really, really sits with me, too, is... Is Equilibrium. I agree. No, I hate Equilibrium. But, yes, it is a dystopian film. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I was going to say, like, probably, like, one of the better ones is Mad Max. Yeah. Um, no matter which movie you talk about, like, mm-hmm. whether it's the Mel Gibson or the Tom Hardy, Mad Max is kind of like a through-and-through dystopian film. Yeah, that's more like... It feels more apocalyptic because yeah. it's, like, that's the point where it's, like, yeah, the world is... The world is on fire. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really just like children of men, but like four years later. <laughs> yeah. And like and like I mentioned before, like that's where I really like with this genre because it can go that way. It can mm-hmm. be like the world is just dead and it's fucked and everything's like savage and different now. Or it could just be that like it's getting to that point mm-hmm. or that you have the in-between, which is like some kind of overarching societal influence that is basically making the world seem cruel and different Mm -hmm. because yeah and i know you never saw it but like my favorite example of that is um the show the leftovers yes i know about it yeah i'm just mad that it's not the rapture oh shut up it doesn't matter it (laughs) that's the best part about it it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. is that two percent of the population one day just disappears and it's literally like it it feels like it's the end of the world mm-hmm. and it things are completely radicalized and different and like the whole aspect of the world is changed like i always think about dogs in that universe mm-hmm. which dogs have all gone rabid because when they saw people disappear they had no fucking idea how to like comprehend that so mm-hmm. they all went crazy um 
and like that's great because it it's that spectrum of like a dystopian world where it's like the world has changed so much that it feels out of place yeah i mean another one too that like like you said like a very tamed version of it because there are two different spectrums Mm -hmm. there's like the mad max style and like the um the children of men style where like it's gone so far that the world is fucked Mm -hmm. and then there's also like soylent green and the lobster by yorgos Mm -hmm. lanthimos Mm -hmm. um fantastic dystopian era film because it's more or less like exactly our society it's just one weird thing that if you don't have a partner you get sent to like these camps and if you don't find somebody within a month you get turned into an animal animal and it just works. Like, yeah. there's something about, like, Yorgos Lanthimos, like, writing for, like, at least his American films. Because um, I haven't seen, like, any of his Greek films. Mm-hmm. But Frank's told me, like, they're very weird. I'm sure he has. Um, but, like, there's something about, like, the dialogue that's that's put into, mm-hmm. um, especially, too, with Colin Farrell and just how, like, he does it. Yeah. But it's just so awkward and weird where you watch it for like the first five minutes and you're like, there's no way that people talk like this. It's and then like you a watch... boring person trying to be Wes Anderson. Yes. And then <laughs> and then you watch the rest of the movie and you're like, I get it. Like all these people are weird. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Who's this normal person that talks like a normal person? I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, it feels so dystopian because it's so minor. It's such a yeah. small thing that you're like, okay, this is what makes it dystopian but you get it mm-hmm. It everything is normal except for this one weird thing and i think the really great thing about the lobster and the idea with this genre is that you get the both sides of that so you get the weird society which that if you don't find your mate then you're just going to get turned to a fucking animal mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's that weird world building where it's the society and it's an overarching implementation that makes things change radically but then it gets to the point where colin farrell's in the forest and it's like you have that completely different like yeah that feels more like the apocalyptic part where they're like going back and forth and they're communicating through like whistles or whatever and it's like it's it feels so much more like savage like to them the world has ended and it's like they're living in that mad max apocalypse yeah but then I mean, you have that other part of the society which is different and that's that's what's really cool about this genre i like i like the lobster for that fact too because like it it almost feels like it's two separate movies yeah like from the hotel to living outside it's completely different yep and again it kind of disassociates you mm-hmm. from the reality yes you have any other ones that like you really want to talk Equilibrium. about? Equilibrium. Okay, go ahead because I, I also <laughs> want to talk about something else. Emotions are illegal. Yes. <laughs> Christian Bale does gun katas. Yeah. They're cool. Yes, but like, do you remember the part where the guy has the shotguns and he like smacks him and yes. he spins him around and goes bang? It's super fucking cool. Yes, I don't like that movie, but I think that movie's like better than any movie you like. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck you. No. I like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, well, you can watch Equilibrium 2001 times. <laughs> I hope that I hope that if you go and live in space and you only get one movie to bring with you, I hope it's Equilibrium. No. Then you can appreciate it better. Doesn't he fight for the dog or whatever? Yeah, he, that's the that's when he spins the guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like And then Sean Bean has to die again. Yeah, he dies like in the first 5 minutes. But it's like he that's great because it's like it's this very oppressive society where you literally have to take pills so that you don't feel emotion. And it's it's supposed to be very rigid. And that's dystopian because it's like, what the fuck? Like the world is like weird and different. 
Yeah. But it reminds me too of like I don't know if it ever actually like became anything, but do you remember like the weird knockoff like Borderlands or not Borderlands but um BioShock game of We Happy Few? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But I I don't remember if that ever actually became anything. It's a game. No, I know, but I I don't oh. <laughs> like nobody ever talked about it, so I'm yeah, assuming it was bad. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's literally that idea where it's that society has changed so drastically that emotions are illegal. Mm-hmm. And it's like that to anything would make it seem like it's the end of the world. And then you have Christian Bale who does sick gun katas and cuts that guy's face off at the end. Yeah. Um like starts to feel emotions and starts to understand what it could be like to live in a normal like in a normal world. Mhm. I mean, in that sense, it's kind of like Blade Runner, too. Yeah. Or like Brazil, which... You never saw Brazil. I saw the trailer, and I was like, wow, this movie looks fucked. Brazil is fucking super weird in that sense, which is that, like, guy does, like, normal routine work in, like, a big oppressive society, and he has dreams of trying to, like, escape and, like, have a different life, and, you know... Like, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's it's great because it's this literal person who is, like, in, st- uh, meshed into this, like, oppressive society that's dystopian. And he's, like, trying to understand what life could be like. Mm-hmm. And the ending to that is fantastic. It's always fucking great. And I won't spoil it unless we talk about it. Okay. And then I'll spoil it. <laughs> that makes sense. Soiled it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know you haven't seen it, too, but Platform. Yeah, I heard really good things about that. Really, really cool movie. And that kind of, like, again, fits into, like, this weird middle range from what we've talked about with dystopian films. um, Where it can kind of be, like, so extreme. Because the premise is that, like, um, you can either go in by choice. Like, the main character, he goes into this thing by choice to get a full scholarship. Yeah. Um and scholarship for what he wanted to be like a doctor i think i think he wanted to be like a doctor um so he just gets like a doctorate from this sick that's good i guess yeah so he goes in willingly but other people it's like um people on like death row Mm -hmm. that choose to do this instead or people that like have life sentences that want to like try and get out yeah um and basically you're put into this like tower almost and you get to bring one item of your choice, but it's two people to a room. Mm-hmm. And once a day, this platform comes down of food. Yeah. And depending on what level you are, you're either going to be able to get like all the food you want or you get absolutely nothing. Yep. And it changes once a month. So you could be at like level five one month. And then you can be at level 230 the next month. Yeah. And it's literally you have to survive. Like, do you eat your roommate or do you fucking, like, try to do something different? Does it happen? Do people eat each other? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Cannibalism fucks. (laughs) Cannibalism fucking rules. Yeah. But same kind of thing because it's like that happens. But the outside world... Mm Mm-hmm. Is completely normal. Like, everything is, like, our society right now. Yeah. It's just this one weird thing. (laughs) This one weird thing. (laughs) And that's just what sets it overboard. Yeah. I also think a bad example of that is, like, The Purge. Yeah. It's like, hey, I mean, but that sense, it's like, everything's great. Crime's down, like, 400%. (laughs) It's because everybody murders each other, but then it becomes stupid. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about those movies. I mean, the first movie is okay. It's whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
like dystopian movies have like such a cool variety to them just as long as they have this one thing of like you know something has changed for society yeah um because really the the really big characteristics that come with this film is either that like trying to learn about the world and like giving information about the world and what happened and why it's this way now is always great and then you always have like some character who is trying to experience something above that Mm -hmm. trying to get something outside of that sense of just like the normal world and trying to become like what we would define as like normal yeah so that's that's what really makes it great is there a specific dystopian world that you would want to live in no (laughs) no but like if you had to choose though like out of the stuff that we've Uh, talked about like is there anyone that you'd be like oh yeah fuck it i could survive in that I don't know, like the Never Let Me Go one. I know mean, we talked about yeah. that, which is like well, because that doesn't affect us because it's yeah, only it's clones. clones. <laughs> which is great, sick. See, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't get affected by that. Yeah, we just have endless amounts of fucking organs in case like we get sick. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of works. Um, I feel like I'd be okay in the lobster world. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Like if I fucking like if if I don't have a mate, then I get sent to this place, and then I get turned into an animal, whatever. Yeah, right? What animal would you be? I don't know, like, fucking something easy, like a cat. Why? So more, fucking easy. You are fun. I'd be like a red panda. Oh, get out of here. That'd be I, cool. You look at our cats. Like, they literally sleep for, like, 19 hours a day and then yeah. get fed food whenever they want. Like, how is that not a life that you want? Think of Rusty. How fat he is. He yeah, just, he does not cat. give a fuck. Our cat is 20, was it 23 pounds? Yeah. And growing. And growing. The, <laughs> the boy... Does not give a fuck. He will lay in like certain spots mm-hmm. and then sleep and then get up and go to the bathroom and then eat and then go to the bathroom and lay down. Like, how is that not a life that you want? I like having fingers and being able to speak. I'd almost purposely not find somebody so I can get turned into a cat. Wow, that's <laughs> almost like suicide, but yeah. Is it though? Kind of, I guess. Yeah. Animalistic self-suicide i guess that's my diagnosis i mean i don't i don't know like how far it goes for like you know um them actually turning you into an animal like i don't know if like they have to take out every single one of your body parts and then kind of like <laughs> cut it down why are you i don't know they have, they didn't go into that detail of it there's a book i read which was kind of like this mm-hmm. it's on the topic so i can talk about it. it's called unwind mm-hmm. it's like a ya novel but it's pretty good where it's like literally that like People can sign off kids to be like, hey, you know, like, you're not amounting to anything, so we're going to send you to a farm, and we're going to harvest your organs so we can use them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's great in that sense of, like, dystopian, because it's it's literally like that. It's like, never let me go, where things are just fine, but this is one part mm-hmm. that could really fuck up everything. Yeah, exactly. And they have a great part in that, too, where, um, like, they're literally, like, taking him apart, and it's like, that's a whole chapter where it's like, they put him under, and you see him, like, taking out his, like, legs and his, you know, like, the rest of his body, and then it's, like, his brain left. Like, so I guess that's kind of, like, what you're, I guess, what you're rambling about, yeah. <laughs> like, wanting from the lobster. <laughs> oh, I forgot already. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any other ones that you, like, really want to talk about, like, what what you feel like is a good dystopian film? I mean, we, co- we covered a lot of them that are good. I can't really think of any other ones that... I mean, I'm sure there's other ones, but I mean, like, like I talked about like 28 days later and like yeah. 28 weeks later, like those are like, that's a zombie one. And mm-hmm. like all the, you could do all the Dawn of the Deads and like, yeah, 
Day of the Dead. Like that's like that's that idea, which is that's like are... old school dystopian too, where it's yeah. like zombies. Yeah, like you wouldn't really think of it as that type of genre, but it's really like the world is is changed in such a radical sense, and yeah, I basically mean, everyone's dead. One that's like all too real right now too was like V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. where it's like you know the government is corrupt and it's basically like a dictatorship. And then there's also this virus that's, like, killing, like, millions of people. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, fuck. A little too on the nose. Yeah, I know. I mean, that one, that one's cool because it's just like, oh, man, like, that's so kind of real. <laughs> like, you're like, that's so 80s. <laughs> it's, that's so in there. That's so Raven. Ah, oh, that's so, that's what I wanted to say, and I forgot. And that's why I'm here. Go to jail. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like stuff like that, like anything where to me at least, like the best case for like dystopian era films is like you have that sense of world building mm-hmm. um, where you understand like the world around you and then you have some normalcy to the world that we can recognize, but also in that sense, like you can see how things are like so crazy and so fucked. Yep. And that's what really makes a dystopian film for me mm-hmm. i agree cool anything else matt no well then i will Fuck. say my recommendation <laughs> yeah sure whatever i'll do it yeah do it i oh, will you won't you think i won't yeah, i thought i don't think you will <laughs> do it you bitch all right fine so yeah <laughs> you don't give a fuck You've been telling me shut up about them all week. Oh, God. Are you going to talk about Oasis? I fucking love Oasis. <laughs> fuck me. So I, so I went on, like, this weird kind of, like, thing where I was, like... So, again, from what we talked about last week of, like, Middle Eight that I recommended, um, I just started watching, like, some videos. And, like, one of them was about, like, you know, Wonderwall from Oasis and how it became, like, <laughs> such a big song. You mean their only song. Yeah, kind of. But, like, also not. Like, Oasis is only known for like Wonderwall. Yeah. And it is like this weird kind of like British punk band, but like also like very much like 90s rock. Like I would say. Yes, yeah. Um where like <laughs> wow, you're super right. I don't <laughs> care. Oh man, this is tough. I know, but like it it it's the band of Liam Paul another Paul and then Tony and they <laughs> the Pauls yes both Pauls um they did my wonder Paul <laughs> that's pretty good um I don't think they had like a lot of albums so far I've listened to three of them um with Morning Glory being one of the better ones that one has Wonderwall on it mm-hmm. but their first album I think kind of like sticks with me a little bit more where it is like this British punk music mm-hmm. and I don't know like it it was just kind of weird because, like, I just stumbled upon them from the video, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them a shot. Like, let me let me check them out. And I actually found to love more than I thought from Oasis, and it's not just Wonderwall. Like I said, the first album is actually pretty good. It's like a punk British band. Yeah, okay. And then you factor into, like, uh, the whole rivalry with, them and blur at the time oh shit there was like was this shoot or was this kayfabe uh shoot yeah shoot or sh- yeah. shoot itself no, into a it work a shoot or, yeah is it no a, it worked itself into a shoot or a shoot or a work what am i talking about i don't know like they just hated each other that's but it's, awesome it's also funny because like wait does gorillas hate them well it's damn and Auburn like hates them okay so yeah i guess it, it ventures over into gorillas yeah but i mean it's if you look at it gorillas is doing way better than oasis no <laughs> really really oh my god they have wonderwall though yeah 
But <laughs> honestly, though, like Oasis is like this cool, like British 90s rock that I don't know. Like I'm just at a point, at least right now this month, where like it just sits with me really well. Okay. And it's just kind of like a music choice that I weirdly needed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's concerning. But yeah, right. right. But yeah. um, but I like them. Like they're really cool. Like if anything, I would say check out like their first album. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, listen to Wonderwall. Um, no, no, no. Wonderwall is like... Listen their... to the yesterday version of Wonderwall. Um, they also did... Uh, what is it? Um, Wonderwall. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that song. Thanks no, for I think they did Lucy in the Sky. Or... Really? They, they did a Beatles Those song. fuckers. How do they have the money to pay for that song? Well, I mean, they did like a punk rock version of it. Yeah, I know, but like covering... Covering a Beatles song is, is a lot, and putting an actual Beatles song in anything is, is also more money. That's why you get rip-offs of everything. I'm tired. Cause oh, I Am the Walrus is what they did. Oh, they did that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't but, want to listen to that. Yeah, definitely, like, I, if you get a second, like, check out their first album, Definitely Maybe. That's the name of the album. Oh, me. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking to the <laughs> no, fans. No. Oh, I won't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, and then, yeah, their third album that everybody knows is Morning Glory, which mm-hmm. has Wonderwall on it. Um, that's about as far as I'm up to right now. But Morning Glories are flowers. Mums. Giant mums are here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Oasis. Yeah, all right. Um. So, up next, we're... More than likely, <laughs> words. Um, more than likely, Frank is back, and we will be doing Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, so that'll be our next movie. But uh, if not, then we'll let you guys know. And then Matt, you're I'll just subbing again. I guess you're stuck doing Prometheus with me. Then oh god, I really don't want to do that. So um, oh man, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Now Matt. Roll the credits.